0: Together. Thanks for listening to the KC Morning Show. Everything's running smoothly.
1: Yo, 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 yo! What is going on? My name's Hartzell, and this right here, it's your KC! An assist from the Husky Lolita. Not bad, you're a little pitchy, but hey, that's both of us. What's the word, Kansas City? A happy Tuesday to the KC Morning Hoes. I'm going to keep it short and sweet, because this is a good one. Tuesdays, we take back America. Myself, Professor Harvey K. And on the show today, we got an assist. That's right. hello alley-oop tossing us the oop. Langston Hughes. Yes, got some poetry on the show today. Get fired up, Kansas City. A little progressive. Pick me up, Kansas City. Rate, review, subscribe. Do that thing you do. I love you. My name's Hartzell. A good day to be a Kansas Cityan. Always, always, because you... In the city, we'll see ya in the morning.
0: January 11, 1970, victory belonged to Hank Stram and his Kansas City Chiefs. TV9 News special report, close-up, the flood of 77. From the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri, it's Milwaukee Bucks against the Kansas City Kings.
1: Now, Kansas Cityans must decide what happens next. What is to follow the city's Holy Week riots? I am here at the American Royal World Series of barbecue. Daryl
0: Motley awaits, and the Kansas City Royals are world champions. Can't sit here by love. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Professor Harvey K. Mabaru brother he is a professor emeritus over at the university of wisconsin green bay and every week on this show every tuesday myself and professor harvey k we take back america reclaiming that radical progressive history we've always got it it's pretty damn good we should probably go back to that thing agrees professor harvey k it's been hot as hell but you know what we're gonna do on the show today especially now that we've kind of cooled off you know we had the sweet raindrops that cooled us off now we got the sweet poetry on your kc morning show how's that sound professor k must be raintrop oh harvey k where those pipes come from well i had a big choice to
0: make about 40 years ago
1: would i become a pro wrestler a singer or a historian <laughs> your wrestling gimmick could have been the singing professor it was right there that could have been your character no that's right <laughs> and speaking of
0: making money We know that the players have returned to Green Bay, Kansas City, and elsewhere. This is the beginning of the football season.
1: Is there a different kind of pep in the Green Bay step once football season gets here? Is a little bit of a different vibe? Well, there is definitely a different vibe here, as in my house.
0: Because instead of waking up in the morning and turning on my sports guys and having to hear Hockey scores, golf reports, God, golf reports. Could I care less about (laughs) golf? No, I could not. And I don't even understand hockey. I mean, I think it's a great sport, you know, for about five minutes. And then I think, what am I doing? You know, so anyhow, football season. In fact, it's a joke locally on the sports show when I would tweet to the guys, Bill and Rookie here in Green Bay on WDUZ in the morning. They would occasionally say, wow, I guess we've been doing pretty good. Harvey K is actually still with us, even though it's not football season. (laughs) They pride themselves on their mediocrity. So I said, (laughs) you know, I said,
1: basically, now I'll get a daily dose of mediocrity. I'm going to borrow that line. I'm absolutely going to borrow that line. You know, they have off seasons in the sports world professor k you know what though there's no there's no off season when you and i take back america every week we try to reclaim this radical thing but you know what if you're always on 11 it's exhausting it's not sustainable harvey k so that's why this week we're gonna slow things down a bit this man one of my favorites one of your all-time favorites the great langston hughes on your kc morning show And our
0: regular Tuesday folk will remember that we previously have addressed what may well be one of the finest historically grounded poems in American history itself, and that is Let America Be America Again by Langston Hughes. I mean, that was a poem that I every year when I'd start my full course, historical perspectives on American democracy, I would hand that out early in the semester, sometimes the very first day. And I say, just keep this poem at hand because it's poetry. But Langston Hughes and I tend to see history in very similar, if not the exactly same way. Now, this is another poem we're going to deal with today, titled Freedom's Plow. I made a mistake on my original tweet announcing it, that it's the Freedom Plow, but it's not. It's Freedom's Plow. It's a poem written by Langston Hughes in April, 19, well, published in April 1943. So it's in the middle of the war against fascism. And let's not forget that however much segregation characterized far too much of American life, the war effort involved everyone in some fashion. And he was decidedly speaking in this poem in terms of both the war effort and the struggle at home to bring an end to the remnants of what, like, for lack of a better way of putting it, of the fascism of jim crow etc
1: you know it's actually kind of fitting that you got your vocal cords warmed up a little bit earlier professor k because this poem you know it reads almost like a hymn yeah and i do hope that people appreciate that this is a rather lengthy
0: poem and that we're going to try to address it we're going to try to recite it together well in alternating stanzas all the way through i'll just tell everyone You don't even have to like poetry itself to appreciate the arguments, the ideas, and the sentiments found here. The heart of the promise of America, but also what drives that promise is working people. Black, white, brown. I will say that In the 30s, this is interesting because this actually is part of that movement. So when FDR became president, there really did begin, and I think in part it was his speeches, in part it was the influence of leftists, whether they were liberals, radicals, socialists, and communists, there was a rediscovery of America. There was a determination not to turn their backs on the American story, but to take back America from the corporate order of the Gilded Age. And so in addition to histories and music, Aaron Copeland, Duke Ellington, and others, there was a real sort of re-effort to sort of take back America by literally reclaiming the American story. And there were three poets, at least, I could go on and on. But first of all, there's Archibald MacLeish, well-trained intellectual, you might say, at Yale University. But he wrote a poem which will, by the way, I think be referenced in the course of our reading of this poem. When we get late in the poem to these words... America is a dream. The poet says it was promises. The people say it is promises that will come true. That's a reference to uh, Archibald MacLeish's poem written in a little book-like form titled America Was Promises. We should do that on another occasion when we come back to poetry in the 1930s. And then, of course, there was also a poet who sort of goes from the 19-teens all the way through, probably into the, I want to say the 60s. Carl Sandburg did some great stuff in the 30s and wrote a really interesting full-length book poem titled The People, Yes, which I will just note Tom Frank, the left historian and columnist, wrote a book a year or so ago, two years ago, titled The People Know. What he meant by that is the degree to which the Democrats had really turned their backs and we're denying if you like the people's story in favor of a sort of neoliberal elite kind of story. But so much of this is rooted in the 1930s struggle to take back America. And maybe we can begin in fact.
1: A great place to begin.
0: But we haven't decided ahead of time so I'm going to leave it up to you. You want to go first? I think you teed it up so nicely. Go ahead and kick us off. Okay, long as you insist. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> when a man starts out with nothing, when a man starts out with his hands empty but clean when a man starts out to build a world he starts first with himself and the faith that is in his heart the strength there the will
1: there to build first in the heart is the dream then the mind starts seeking a way. his eyes look out on the world on the great wooded world on the rich soil of the world on the rivers of the world the
0: eyes see there materials for building See the difficulties, too, and the obstacles. The hand seeks tools to cut the wood, to till the soil, and harness the power of the waters. Then the hand seeks other hands to help, a community of hands to help. Thus, the dream becomes not one man's dream alone, but a community dream. Not my dreams alone, but our dream. Not my world alone, but
1: your world and my world, belonging to all the hands who build. A long time ago, but not too long ago, Ships came from across the sea, bringing the pilgrims and prayer makers, adventurers and booty seekers, freemen and indentured servants, slave men and slave masters, all new to a new world, America. With billowing sails, the galleons came, bringing
0: men and dreams, women and dreams, in little bands together, heart reaching out to heart, hand reaching out to hand. They began to build our land. Some were free hands seeking a greater freedom. Some were indentured hands, hoping to find their freedom. Some were slave hands, guarding in their hearts the
1: seed of freedom. But the word was always there, freedom. Down into the earth went the plow, and the free hands, and the slave hands, and indentured hands, and adventurous hands. Turning the rich soil went the plow, and many hands, that planted and harvested the food that fed, and the cotton that clothed America. Clang against the trees went the axe into many hands that hewed and shaped the rooftops of America. Splash into the rivers and the seas went the boat boatholes that moved and transported America. Crack went the whips that drove the horses across the plains of America. Free hands and slave hands, indentured hands, adventurous hands, white hands and black hands held the plow handles, axe handles, hammer handles launched the boats, and whipped the horses that fed and housed and moved America. Thus together, through labor, all these hands made America. Labor.
0: Out of labor came the villages and the towns that grew to cities. Labor. Out of labor came the rowboats and the sailboats and the steamboats. Came the wagons, stagecoaches. Out of labor came the factories, came the foundries, came the railroads, came the marts and markets, shops and stores, Came the mighty products molded, manufactured, sold in shops, piled in warehouses, shipped the wide world over. Out of labor, white hands and black hands, came the dream, the strength, the will, and the way to build America. Now it is me here and you there. Now it's Manhattan, Chicago, Seattle, New Orleans, Boston, and El Paso. And I'll just add, by the way, and this is Harvey K. speaking,
1: Kansas City and Green Bay. (laughs) Now it is the USA. A long time ago, but not too long ago, a man said, All men are created equal, endowed by their Creator with certain inalienable rights, among these life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. His name was Jefferson. There were slaves then, but in their hearts the slaves believed him too, and silently took for granted that what he said was also meant for them. It was a long time ago, but not so long ago, that, Lincoln said, no man is good enough to govern another man without that other's consent there were slaves
0: then too but in their hearts the slaves knew what he said must be meant for every human being else it had no meaning for anyone then a man said better to die free than to live slaves He was a colored man who had been a slave but had run away to freedom and the slaves knew what frederick Douglass said was true With John Brown at Harper's Ferry, Negroes died. John Brown was hung before the Civil War. Days were dark and nobody knew for sure when freedom would triumph or if it would, thought some, but others knew it had to triumph in those dark days of slavery, guarding in their hearts the seed of freedom. The slaves made up a song. Keep
1: your hand on the plow. Hold on. That song meant just what it said. Hold on. Freedom will come. Keep your hand on the plow, hold on. Out of war it came, bloody and terrible, but it came. Some there were, as always, who doubted that the war would end right, that the slaves would be free, or that the Union would stand. But now we know how it all came out. Out of the darkest days for people and a nation, we know now how it came out. There was light when the battle clouds rolled away. There was a great wooded land, and men united as a nation. America is a dream. The poet says
0: it was promises. The people say it is promises that will come true. The people do not always say things out loud, nor write them down on paper. The people often hold great thoughts in their deepest hearts, and sometimes only blunderingly express them, haltingly and stumbling say them, and faultily put them into practice. The people do not always understand each other, but there is somewhere there always the trying to understand and the trying to say you are a man together
1: we are building our land america land created in common dream nourished in common keep your hand on the plow hold on if the house is not yet finished don't be discouraged builder if the fight is not yet won don't be weary soldier the plan and the pattern is here woven from the beginning into the warped and woof of america that all men are created equal no man is good enough to govern another man without his consent better die free than live slaves who said those things
0: americans who owns those words america who is america you me we are america to the enemy who would conquer us from without we say no To the enemy who would divide and conquer us from within, we say, no. Freedom, brotherhood, democracy. To
1: all the enemies of these great words, we say, no. A long time ago, an enslaved people heading toward freedom made up a song. Keep your hand on the plow. Hold on. The plow plowed a new furrow across the field of history. And to that furrow, the freedom seed was dropped. From the seed, a tree grew is growing, will ever grow. That tree is for everybody, for all America, for all the world. May its branches spread and shelter grow until all races and all people know its shade. Keep your hand on the plow, hold on. Take that, DeSantis. Professor Harvey K, my brother, I gotta ask you, whenever you did the the poetry pivots in your classroom, Yeah, that's a history lesson. That's a pump up speech. It's a call to solidarity. That's what Langston Hughes did. What was the response in your in your classroom? The first thing to know is that I got to the point where I
0: realized that even though students might say, oh, my God, I have to read poetry out loud. I also came to realize that most students really do want to perform. They just can't admit to it. So what I would often do is I would. Say, look, we'll, we'll treat this as if, you know, we're all in this together. So I would do the first stanza with the idea that if I could do it, you could do it. And I think I may have mentioned to you as a consequence, I actually went on for two groups of senior students. I had them perform a play, yeah, by Norman Corwin, a play written in 1941, We Hold These Truths. And it's a sort of dramatization. It was a story of the Bill of Rights. And it was a dramatization, but it was a very good one. And it lasts about an hour. And, if, you know, i can sure the students like, how the hell are we going to do this? I got to perform. But I told them, look, you're the actors. I'm the director. I'm going to make you repeat it until it sounds right. And I made it a point of using the whole semester. And I think, I think it worked. I mean, they all had a great time and they bonded in ways that, that even the students who may have felt outside of it at first, it worked with them. So similarly, I think, you know, I don't know if you and I are the greatest reciters of poetry, but I hope the Tuesday audience for Take Back America at least understands that we don't do this to be performers. We do this because we want to take back America and we want to take back America with the words of those who were even more determined, perhaps even than we are, but I doubt people could be more determined than you and I. (laughs) That look, I mean, Langston Hughes, when we get to Archibald McLeish, when we get to Carl Sandburg, when we go back to Thomas Paine, when we come through to Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln, you know, I mean, these folks were determined to hold on to America and to take it back, to take it back from the powerful, the pious, the prestigious, the the rich. And we're facing crisis in America. I mean, I don't know if people are aware of it. I'm sure our listeners are. But, you know, poetry is a way of getting at that. And I would tell people that if they liked what they heard, but thought you and I weren't the best at performing it, (laughs) I'd ask them, how about this? How about you guys go out and get the poem, either Let America Be America Again or Freedom's Plough. And you try and recite it and send us the
1: send us the audio. Maybe we can play a little bit of it, right? Heartsell why not? I would absolutely love to do that. We talk about at the beginning of this thing how, you know, we've got a radical progressive playbook and we should go back to it. And I think there's also something that's really important with saying those words from those radicals of the past. Not only are you literally reciting what they said like what we do, but hearing that from you, you know, hearing that from yourself, it does do something I think even within your own radical spirit. Yeah. Right. Let's say we started with did we start with common sense, Thomas Paine a long time ago came forward.
0: Yeah. Well, here we are. And a week's ahead. I mean we haven't decided what we'll do next week yet. But in weeks ahead, and we have many weeks ahead, I hope, we're going to cover poetry. We're going to cover politics. We're going to cover all these things. We haven't even gotten into the post-World War II period. We got a lot ahead.
1: And we may even go back in time. We're not anal about chronology, right? Listen, you take us on that walk, Professor K. I just got done last week. I sent you those pictures. I went to the Harry Truman Library here in Independence. They have done an excellent job with that place. They, for the first time, since I've been there, finally made you ask some questions. Harry
0: Truman is not known as a progressive, but if we do anything by Harry Truman, by the way, he gave some really good speeches in 48 when he surprised everyone and actually beat Thomas Dewey for the presidency. But many people may not realize it, and he was pushed effectively from below and from other Democrats, but he was the one who first really... Created a civil rights commission to secure these rights. Even Harry Truman, we can find a way to redeem his best work. (laughs) How's that? But more importantly, in days ahead, we should probably, we should probably keep in mind Martin Luther King Jr., we should keep in mind A. Philip Randolph, who we have touched on before. We're going to touch on him again. We've got maybe Walter Ruther, the labor leader, and we've got lots of folks coming
1: up. It's a hot labor summer. So let's do some labor leaders. Let's just keep taking back America, Harvey K. How about that, my brother? You bet. And let's not forget, football's on the horizon, in case you guys
0: are wondering. Oh, conditions are ideal. Professor K, where can folks find you on the Twitters? Harvey, H-A-R-V-E-Y, initial J-K-A-Y-E. That's the only social media other than, say, email, which is old-fashioned stuff. Anyhow, if any Wisconsinites are listening... Whatever my initial reservations, the fact is that we've got to win the seat race for the U.S. Senate against Ron Johnson, the Republican, the rotten Republican. Mandela Barnes is the Democrat right now who is most likely able to beat Johnson. I am ready to be enthusiastic about voting for Mandela Barnes in November.
1: Let's go win this, y'all. Let's go vote, y'all. Do that thing. Let's go take back America. Harvey K., what a beautiful callback that was. Thank you. Professor K, let's chat next week. You bet. I'm looking forward to it already. so but i'm not a soldier i got 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 soul,